And here we go. What do you say you and me take a walk over to the tavern? Let's pull up a chair. A little something to eat. <laughs> Welcome to the Mouse and Castle. Come on, Johnny. What are we waiting for? This is a gathering place for fans of all things Disney. So sit back, chow down, have some sips, and chit-chat about the magical world created by Walt Disney. Disney. Too long I've been parched of thirst and unable to quench it. <laughs> you know, if you were um if you were down near Kissimmee, Florida, on November 16th, you may have seen Disney fireworks. A, it was a thing. It was a thing. Fireworks are back, or at least for that one night. We're, uh, we'll talk about that. And much more. Uh, all things Disney that we're going to be talking about here on this episode of the Mouse and Castle podcast. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. So glad to have you on board, as always. Come on in. It's that place, that sort of virtual podcast Disney bar. Barstool Disney of sorts, if I may be so bold. <laughs> that's, the, that's the idea. That's generally what we do. Uh, and by we, I mean it's me and my fellow Disney pal, Mr. Aaron Goins. How's it going, Aaron? Remember last episode, Riley, where I was kind of, I was giving my review of being at Disney World and I was like, yeah, you know, some of the magic wasn't there. And uh, now I'm like you know, a few weeks, whatever. a few weeks out and I'm like, oh, it was so awesome. The whole thing was so amazing. I just cannot <laughs> wait to go back. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's amazing how your per- perception changes when more time passes. I'm like, oh man, I want to just go back. Like maybe I should go for Christmas. I don't know. Yeah, you thinking about it? You thinking about it? Yeah, we. I I thought about it for a second, but then my my wife brought me back down to reality. So no, mm, snap I'm not back do it, but. to reality. Oh, yeah. there goes gravity. Yeah, it's um, it's it's. I I was glad to get a a, and I've texted with you a little bit since the last show of um, I think it's just a testament to what the parks kind of mean to us, and I think Disney's realized that because the the Disney community has really come together in this sort of uh, in this sort of pseudo mourning way that that shows that these parks are more than just parks to so many people, and I think to a lot of people they're just parks, but but to to those of us in in this part of the Mouse Club who are listening to Disney podcasts and you know love taking our families multiple times a year and just really get into the uh, I don't know the mythos I don't even know really know how to describe. Um, describe it. It's kind of like, for lack of a better, less cheesy way to say it, it's like your happy place. You know, like mm. something about walking into Disney, even if it's just, I've found that even if I'm just walking into Disney Springs, you know, yeah. I'm coming down that escalator out of yeah. the orange garage and I'm like, this is this feels right. This is cool. Mm. Yeah. Yep. You know, you're going to catch some good street entertainers. Get a get a pretzel. Well, go now to the, with the holidays to the... too, like I'm just, and I think that's part of the. Yeah, you know, I went right before the holidays, so mm-hmm. now that the holiday stuff's coming out, and you see all the decorations, like in the pictures, and people that are down there, and yeah. you know, just all that stuff, it's kind of like, oh, I really want to see it. You know, well, I want to see it in person. You kind of, you also went kind of just in time, as we, uh, as, as numbers, as COVID numbers. Oh, go that's true. Yeah, right now with 
But you know what? Yeah. Let's. I can't, we'll see if we can keep it keep that sacred. Keep it. Uh, keep the COVID con- conversation out because you you've prepped a bunch of great notes for the show. A lot of interesting Disney stuff that's been going on, and really no, none of it to do with COVID, which I think will be a nice change of pace for the podcast. <laughs> uh, starting with um, the the Magic Kingdom fireworks testing that was happening, and so and and I've seen I saw some of these pictures. Um, popping up on social media but it's it's just kind of exciting to see it because that was one of the big and frankly at, when savannah and i talk about when we want to make that trip um one big deterrent from us it hasn't been safety we've been very impressed with the safety protocols uh that we've seen from the parks but it's been just the limitation and, and you talked about it on the show last time of uh, like no fireworks show, no none of the stage shows. A lot of those things that we love about Disney, not just the rides. Uh, so it's pretty cool to see that they're they're mo- moving on with uh, fireworks development. What the heck were they uh, were they testing, Aaron? I don't know that anybody knows exactly what was being tested, or if yeah. they're just kind of making sure that the stuff still works. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. because it's been cold for so long. I kind of wondered even when I was down there. I remember because they they closed the park so early. Um, the nights that we were there that some nights it wasn't even dark yet yeah and so i'm like okay it makes complete sense that they wouldn't be you know shooting fireworks off anyways because the parks are going to be closed before it's dark but then i'm sitting on my balcony at my hotel when i have a perfect view of magic kingdom and i'm thinking they could at least shoot the fireworks off you know <laughs> after the park closes just for the people that can you know because that's a big thing about going to disney you try to get a hotel with a you know fireworks view and you know you can see them from a lot of the resorts so, like, why not just shoot a few off at night just to kind of give people a little bit of that magic? So, mm. it's cool to see, even though this was just a test, uh, for whatever reason, uh, that, you know, they did shoot some fireworks into the sky. And hopefully that's a sign that they're getting warmed up for some of these nighttime shows to come back. I, yeah, I wonder if in, because, you know, uh, I will briefly reference COVID, but if in the in the post-COVID world, whenever that comes if it gives Disney an opportunity, at least Disney World, it obviously gives Disneyland the opportunity to have sort of a grand reopening. But Disney World has been sort of half shut down, ter- certainly in terms of the entertain- in-park entertainment, um, with all the layoffs and everything else that's happened. If there's a, a cause for celebration and do a sort of formal full reopening as they reopen all the shows that we couldn't do during COVID, I wonder if there's reason to maybe even have a specific you know, celebratory fireworks show that's sort of a you know a celebration of the of the sacrifice and the and, and unity that it took to to get through this this year. Uh, that'd be kind of an interesting way for Disney to sort of own own that narrative in a way. Possibly, I I mean they have the fiftieth anniversary coming up next year. Yeah. So I'm sure that they're hoping to get back to some level of normal, uh, so they can have big celebrations around that. Yeah. Um, so. I'm sure that's kind of what they're prepping for. I don't know that they'd do a specific special fireworks show as a celebration of the end of COVID more than just, you know, uh, you know, a celebration of the 50th anniversary and mm-hmm. things that they kind of already had planned. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. But I know that, I mean, the nighttime shows, they, they're they working on Harmonious uh, for Epcot, which is going to be big. Yeah. Um, you know, I know they're already kind of starting to, you know, they're doing some of the stuff with the projections for the holidays that they're projecting stuff onto the, you know, the castle and onto the tree of life and different things like that. So I, I, they're kind of, they're warming things up, I think. 
Yeah. Well, at least we have the Happy Meal toys, though, in the meantime. I was... <laughs> Say I don't know, like <laughs> I I I'm excited about these Happy Meal toys. You you added the story to the rundown, yeah, this is, Aaron. This is all me. So I, I I take no blame for this, but I actually I'm looking through it. I kind of like the, the the goofy here, but I'm I'm surprised that they're doing a a, a tie in of all times. If they, maybe this is just planned for, uh, out for a long time, but they have Disney World inspired. Happy Meal line of Happy Meal toys specifically associated with the the rides. Yeah, and I like those kind of collectibles. I actually uh, Funko Pop just did some that are based on some of the Disneyland rides for for the Disneyland um, anniversary, and mm-hmm. and um, so I got like a Matterhorn, Mickey, and stuff like that. So I I like these these collectibles that are specifically based around uh, the Disney attractions. And so when I saw that McDonald's was doing these. Happy Meal toys. It's like, oh wow, that's kind of, it's interesting because I think it's probably going to be more geared toward collectors and adults than really kids. Um, yeah, you know, kids will be like, oh cool, Mickey Mouse or Goofy, but they're they're not going to care as much about the nostalgia of these rides. Yeah. As, or- so I think like collectors are going to go snatch these things up pretty quick. Yeah, I think that that that's fair. I, I'll be interested. Have you? Do you have any um, Happy Meal toys? Maybe Star Wars in in your collection. Um, I don't know that I have any Happy Meal toys. I know, like, they did the big stuff around uh, the Phantom Menace with yeah. um, Taco Bell, you know, KFC. Yeah, Taco Bell, KFC, Pizza Hut, and I, I actually I've probably told this story on one of one of our podcasts at some point. But I used to work at Taco Bell uh, mm. when that was happening. So in 1999, um, I worked there, so I had the kind of inside track yeah. to get these serious like, inside stuff. access. Right so here. I did um I actually for a really long time had a bunch of stuff from that release but I think since have given to given a lot of it away to friends. Yeah. Um cuz I'm not a huge collector so um but I still have my hat that I wore at at Taco Bell, my Phantom Menace hat. <laughs> nice. Uh, that was part of the uniform. So, you guys had and didn't Mountain Dew have like a big tie-in or maybe I guess just Pepsi products in general? Yeah, I think Pepsi products did a big tie-in. Yep. That's amazing. I, I, it's funny because I, I had a friend who collected all the Pepsi cans and I told that story and I always thought of it with some nostalgia because even though I, I did not see the Phantom Menace that year, I remember it being this huge deal and it wouldn't be till a couple of years later that I'd finally sit down and watch the movie. But um, I told the story and, and, and a Star Wars Report listener literally sent me a box of all of the Pepsi cans. I had Qui-Gon Jinn. It was amazing. Uh, and I still, were they still I still have those. sealed or opened. These were never filled, produced, so they actually never had the the top seal fully sealed the way they do, and so they're like from the factory, pristine. Uh, and I still have them in storage. Um, I think, unless my mom got rid of them <laughs> from when I moved out to Texas a while ago, but I think they're still there. And uh, man, that is uh, that is a piece of Star Wars nostalgia. If I've ever had, I used to have it as part of the of the studio back when I was in Atlanta. Um, but yeah, these tie-in products are always a lot of fun. Just, just I, I, I do have one Happy Meal toy, and it's an Ewok on a speeder bike. Uh, and I can't remember when they did the the tie-in. It was for one of the Star Wars movies. Um, I think it was, I think it was Last Jedi or something like that. But they did like a, it was like all OT stuff too, if I remember right. But that's that, I'm not gonna that's cool. go out and like 
try to get all of these or try to like get the full set or anything like that. But if I happen to be driving by a McDonald's, I will definitely hit the drive through and grab like a four, four piece chicken McNuggets happy meal just so I can grab one of these. Yeah. Now you could just buy the happy meal toy. I found out that's a thing you can do. Yeah. But I feel like that's kind of goes against the spirit of it. But, and also, Chicky Nuggies. So. <laughs> yes, and also Chicky Nuggies, yes. Um, I'm a big, I love, actually, I know a lot of people don't, don't like McDonald's, but I, I do enjoy their food, so. There have been, I think you and I have been on many a McDonald's run late night at a convention. Oh, yeah, we do think, have some McDonald's memories. Mm, it's true. You know, memories. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, uh, we're departing from this story to talk about an update from Imagineering. I actually released a video of it, of um, the virtual IAAPA Expo, um, the current um, updates from Imagineering, all the rides they're working on, and we get a really good look at like Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind, the uh, the Spaceship Earth restaurant, the Galactic Star Cruiser hotel construction that's going on there. It's it's. It's so cool to see a visual. I texted this to you earlier, and Aaron, you seem pretty hyped about it. I like, yeah. You sent this link to me, and I didn't have a chance to watch it until right before we recorded. Oh, and so I pulled it up and started watching it, and it was just like I think something about the music that they're playing along with all the visuals, and it's not just the U.S. You yeah. know, based attractions that are coming up. They were showing stuff that you know the new castle that's going to be um, in is it Hong Kong or yes. Shanghai? I forget, yeah. but. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a new castle. There's like this new fantasy land that's going to be in one of the international parks. So there's all this really cool stuff going on that's coming up in the U.S. parks and the international parks and yeah. all these things that you're like, I haven't seen any of this yet. You know, it's going to be new. I get to experience these things for the first time. And so I'm super excited for, you know, especially the U.S. based stuff, because that's probably going to be the stuff I actually see uh, to be be able to experience this stuff. Yeah, no, the it's it's a mix of of concept art showing and then like current construction projects. And it is, it's just like a nice view of it. Uh, honestly, like just seeing the construction for Shanghai Disney Zootopia land, it's it, yeah. for me it was a reminder of a lot of these projects that we've talked about or come across my radar and then I totally forget that they're working on it. Like and I think that's exciting. Like they even have the Disneyland version of Mickey and Minnie's Rail- Runaway Railway. And like, oh wait, that is going to be at Disneyland as well. That's you know, I, f- I I literally forgot. So it was like a good reminder of all the cool things that they are still working on, even though a lot of the projects have been on hold or canceled. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And you know, it's because of everything that's been going on with COVID and these kind of things being delayed and rumors of stuff maybe getting canceled it's just ha- i'm just happy to see that these things are still kind of on the roadmap now there are some things that are missing that you know were announced previously that are no longer kind of being talked about but i think that this is a pretty solid list of upcoming attractions uh, that you can be excited about as a disney fan yeah yeah the the big thing that we see that we just missed is is what's going to be and and before and again before COVID is we're going to plan that's probably going to be our next Disney trip would have been the July opening of Avengers Campus and the footage does show a lot of the development uh, and construction that has gone on with the Avengers Campus which is now done at uh, Disneyland California which is pretty cool yeah and I did maybe I missed it so maybe I'm 
I'm misspeaking here, but they didn't show anything about the Mary Poppins stuff, right? No, Cherry Tree that was Lane. To happen to Epcot? Yeah, I think that's off. I think that's one of the ones that they canceled. Okay. I'm going yeah, off of memory here. I knew that here, that but... had kind of been stalled, but I didn't know if it was, you know, kind of done, done, which is sad because I think yeah, I was just, you know, in that area of Epcot and kind of purposely walked around that area to kind of try to visualize what it might look like. And it would have been really cool to see a, a bit of a reimagining of that area, I think. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But they've got, and and we'll have a link to it in the show, Inside the Magic has a great rundown. I, I'm not going to talk about everyone, but I did want to bring up a few highlights of, of updates that we are talking about. And this is maybe a good time to kind of sync, at least for me as a Disney fan, to to kind of touch base with what actually is happening. Because it's hard to keep up with of, of what is and isn't happening these days. Um, but the Harmonious, the... Uh, they gave us an update on that and, and just the concept for it looks in, incredible, but it's the new, the new Epcot nighttime show that they've been working on. Um, and, uh, Disney and, and inside the magic actually highlighted, they've already tested fireworks at the parks, even though there's no nighttime shows going on and we don't have an official opening date for harmonious, but the testing of fireworks at magic kingdom, uh, could leave us like maybe we'll be seeing tests of harmonious soon and that would be the indicator that they're willing to at least open it soon because it sounds like they've sort of probably finished the development of it it's just a matter of when they can do nighttime shows again right Mm. and then the thing that to me actually looked kind of the coolest was the uh cosmic rewind footage and uh, i even saw this this is on on Twitter, and this, I feel like a terrible human because I didn't uh, save it and link to it, but I saw it on, on Twitter, and it's not on this montage video, but the ride vehicles for Cosmic Rewind and how they rotate to view left and right as they go, and it yeah, just blew I saw my that mind. Video. Oh, dude. It kind of made me nervous because I like roller coaster-style rides a lot, um, but certain types of rides kind of throw me off and kind of get me nauseous. And so I was looking at that and I'm like, Ooh, I don't know what that spinning. And you're kind of like your perspective is changing and stuff. Like, I don't know if that would mess with my brain enough to make mm. me nauseous. Oh dude. I, 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 you know, I just said all of that. They actually link, they embed the, um, inside the magic embeds the video in the, in the article. And they literally, yeah, I'm watching it right now. Jeez. Yeah. See how it like, it literally spins 360. It's like the, the teacups on top of a roller coaster. <laughs> it's, which, it's like the it's like the teacup ride on LSD. Basically, is what it is. It's which, like I said, has me a bit nervous because I can't do teacups. It makes me it makes me sick. So, oh, um, that's not a good sign, sir. <laughs> I know, but I, I mean, I love the idea of this ride, so um, I will definitely try it at least once but there are there are some rides that i've tried that i just like okay once was enough Mm. all right left turn here back into the world you and i are all too familiar with that galaxy far far away we've got images of the uh, cabin rooms for Uh, the galactic star cruiser you know i see a lot more galactic star cruiser and a lot less halcyon i think they probably figured that maybe not be the good good lead marketing material yeah, it's kind of the difference between Galaxy's Edge and Batu. You know, it's yeah. You know, there's the in-universe official name for the ner- for the nerds for us for us, yep. <laughs> and and then for the you know general audience, they you know they're like, okay, Galactic Star Cruiser. People don't really care that it's called the Halcyon. Yeah, but we we get to see what the rooms will look like. I gotta get your impression, man. 
I think they look cool. I mean, it's it's kind of what I would expect. I think they're going for the like luxury cruise line look and not the lived-in world of Star Wars. How do you feel so, about that? Because you would think, because that's what they did with Galaxy's Edge. They went full used universe. But here it's like they went full on like Naboo Star Cruiser. Sorry, that's a very specific Star Wars reference. But you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, but I think it, I mean, it makes sense. Star Wars has both. And so it would make sense that there'd be ships like this, that if it's acting as a essentially a cruise in space, that it would be kind of a luxury type cruise. And you wouldn't want it to be this kind of rickety old ship. So... It makes sense. It does feel a bit trekky, Star Trekky. Um, I've heard that. You're not the first person I've heard that. And you're kind of yeah. in the in that. You know, you're seeing these visuals, and you're like, okay, I could see this existing in either Star Wars or Star Trek. But I think it works, and yeah. I, I like it. I think it looks really cool, and I think it would be awesome to experience if I could ever figure out how to save up enough money to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, a two day, two night experience. Unlike the typical cruise, you can be heroes in your own Star Wars story. For a new type of immersive experience that only Disney could, uh, could oh, okay, this. guests will cruise the galaxy in style aboard the Halcyon, uh, known for its impeccable service and exotic destinations. On board, you'll stay in a well-appointed cabins, experience onboard dining, and make a planet skied excursion to the Black Spire Outpost. Hmm. I think my concern would be, especially with the the high price tag that's been rumored, is can they do better than Galaxy's Edge did in the immersion? Because I think what they sold us that Galaxy's Edge was going to be is not at all what we got. You know, as much mm. as I love going there, it's not at all what they sold us. So I'm kind of wondering if this is going to be a similar thing where you're thinking, oh man, it's going to be fully immersed. And, and then you kind of get there and you're like, you feel like they maybe didn't do it enough. So I'm going to wait and see you know, how others respond, you know, kind of let some others go on this first to see, you know, reviews and stuff before. I'm not going to be one of the first to try this, I guess is my point. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's a lot of money. If, if the rumors are true, as far as how much it's going to cost, I mean, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, good a, chunk of change. a decent amount of money. We're going to go yeah. though. Right. We're still going to go. <laughs> I, I mean, you got to do it at least once. So I, I, I think probably our best bet is grab, you know, a group of friends and kind of go as a big group so we can kind of split that cost as opposed to like if I tried to take just my family, I'm, you know, then I got to pay for it all. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm going to take a buffet of all because there's so many updates, but the uh, there's the Zootopia um, land update at Shanghai Disney. There's also uh, in Tokyo, they have the uh, new Fantasy Springs area that they're working on. And then also, um, a bit more on the Space 2020 or Space 220 uh, restaurant coming to Epcot. And I'm curious, like, which one of these catches your eye most that you'd want to, if you had to pick one that you'd want to hit? Um, I mean, I think because, you know, the international stuff is, you know, it's going to be harder for me to get to. I think they, the Zootopia and the Fantasyland both look amazing. Yeah. Um, and hopefully I'd get to it eventually. But Space. 220 at Epcot is something that was actually supposed to have already opened. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, you know, I'm glad to see that it's definitely still coming, although we don't know exactly what the date is. But the, the you know, the images that they're showing, it looks like it's going to be maybe a nice little preview to what the Galactic Cruise Line might look like. Yeah. Because of the visuals and stuff. So that yeah. they're probably using a lot of the same technology. So that might be a way to kind of 
you know, get a reservation there and get a bit of a preview of what, um, you know, what you're in for with the, the Star Wars Galactic Cruise thing. For sure. I think, um, especially just looking at it, uh, the, the Tokyo Disneyland expansion, like Fantasy Springs, to me is probably most exciting because it's what I've, I know the least about. But the, the possibility of the expansion, they're basically, it's going to be um, this, this whole themed area that will include um, and be inspired by Frozen, Tangled, and Peter Pan. And we'll have four new attractions, three restaurants, and a new Disney-themed hotel situated in t- inside Do- Tokyo Disney Sea that will overlook Fantasy Springs. Like that whole, it's all, that that is about as close as you get to a new park as you can. Like um, that's a yeah, pretty I mean, significant that's be such a huge expansion for that park, and you know, it's it's going to be if, based on the visuals and stuff that they've shown in the concept art. It's something I would love to see at a U.S. park, honestly. I think, you know, Magic Kingdom's probably the closest we have to something like that. But they, you know, it doesn't look like Magic Kingdom even is going to touch how, you know, expansive this is going to be. And especially using some of the new IP, you know, newer with with Tangled and uh, Frozen, getting their own little sections is something that um, really doesn't exist in Disney World other than, you know, tiny little spots, but not as big as what they're doing here. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, and I didn't want to, we talked about the Avengers Campus stuff, but we actually got a better view at Web Slingers, which is the Spider-Man ride. And uh, uh, the ride vehicle itself, we actually got a better view of it, but I got to get your uh, your first impression. Um, I mean, it looks pretty much like what we had seen kind of in the concept art and stuff. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. I don't think it's going to be at the same level as some of these other rides that they're working on. Um, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy ride and yeah, and, and things like that. I think it's going to be more of a kind of a mid-level type, you know, assembly line type ride where, you know, they yeah. have the, the cars that kind of just constantly move. You jump in, you go through an experience. Um, but it, it looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah, I am I, interested. It's very much a um, subway station kind of vibe to it, which makes sense. Uh, New York City, right? Um uh, so that, so, but, but I, I think the cosmic rewind is really what I have my eyes on is what I'm most excited about when it comes to these, these new rides that they're doing. Um, I mean the Tron coaster that's coming. Oh, that's true. Is, I mean, we haven't even talked about that, but that looks, that looks amazing too. So I think that those are going to be kind of more the, the high. Yeah. The and high we got to remember, like, even though we're, we're aware of that development at, at some of the international parks or for perfect example, Ratatouille's, um, mm-hmm. Remy's uh, adventure, like, We've these have been a part of the international parks, but for most Disney goers, they'll have never even heard of this, and so I think it, it it'll be really. There's enough here that what I feared would happen because of COVID, which is a a full on pullback of any development, um, it has not happened, and that in the years to come there may not be as much expansion, but there's still each even if you go to the park a few times throughout the year over the next few years, that's going to be something new to experience. And that's, that's part of the Disney, the pitch, the deal of going to Disney is there's always something new to enjoy and experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you rounded us out, Aaron, actually kind of wanted you to introduce the topic. Uh, we actually have our, now that Disney plus has turned one year old, happy birthday, Disney plus, um, (laughs) our top 10 shows. And Aaron, I wanted you to kind of introduce this and, uh, 
I'm sure I'm not. I haven't looked at the list at all, but I can I can handily guess which one I think was the most popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. Um, I came across this and was pretty excited to see you know this top ten list. And it's not like some you know oh you know what are our favorites or this is an actual you know uh, analysis of um, you know it's it's done by Just Watch, which I'm not familiar with, but apparently they they tabulate you know streaming shows and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, they got the top 10 list of the most streamed shows on Disney Plus for that first year. And the list is, it's kind of, I would say, mostly what you would expect. A couple of things yeah. surprised me a little bit. But, um, and it's nice to see there's just a, a really good representation of Star Wars, which is, yeah. which is good because that means that Disney will probably make more Star Wars. Or they're going to focus on some of these shows that they already have in development and trying to get these out because of well, how popular the Star Wars stuff has been. I bet you anything the streaming numbers that they're getting... So I'm looking right now. Spoiler alert, Mandalorian's number one. Right. Uh, Simpsons number two. And I makes think it's perfect like, sense. I think Mandalorian's number one probably by a long shot. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's I, There's headlines. It's the most streamed show this year entirely. Um, that, I, I've seen some headlines about that. But you're right. Um... Uh, number two, Simpsons, no surprise. Start number three, Cosmos, which I'm not familiar with at all. That that, that was a surprise. I'm not familiar with it at all. But. Yeah, I think that's one of the part of their National Geographic stuff. Oh, uh, okay. Correct. And I think it's um, oh, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but he's super popular. Um, guy that talks about like space and um, yeah, uh, what's his name? But yeah, like Neil deGrasse he, Tyson. Yes, oh, okay. I believe it's him. Yeah. So. I think that's what that is, and I, I'm actually very, very surprised to see. Although it's, I know that's a popular show. I'm very surprised to see it in the number three spot. Yeah, but you know what? Number four makes me proud. Proud Star Wars fan. Uh, Clone Wars number four, which tells you which, like that's incredible. And I think it helped that they had new episodes released. Sure. Uh, if they had just put the old library on there, I don't know that this number this would have ranked so high. Yeah. But the fact that they threw new episodes out, I think, helped. And then I know I specifically purpose or I know some friends who had never watched Clone Wars, but because the new episodes had come out on Disney Plus specifically mm. had gone back and watched and started watching the show. So. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I was I was pretty excited. Was there anything else that uh, that jumped out to you on the list? I Star Wars Rebels snuck in there at the end. <laughs> Number 10. Um, yeah, Star Wars Rebels did. Um, I love to see DuckTales there at number six. Huge fan of that show. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That's been just a good, and this is, I believe, the the new version that is getting all the views here. Not the not the classic version that I grew up with, but the the reimagining that started, I believe, in 2017, and is going strong. And it's this, um, and there's already talks about there being kind of a spinoff that is going to be specifically on the character Darkwing Duck, um, who, and I think Seth Rogen of all people is going to be involved in that. So, oh wow. Um, the the popularity of that DuckTales animated show has really, um, I think it surprised even Disney in how popular that's been. And now they're kind of thinking, okay, how can we capitalize on this even more? When did it originally air? Because uh, it's it's a piece of it's a piece of pop culture that I'm familiar with because of its impact, but I've never never seen it. Um, it may predate you a bit. Yeah, <laughs> um, I it's an, I think it's a '90s show. But mm. I grew up with it, but I'm trying to remember how old I was when I was watching it. Uh, but it was kind of part of the, a block of Disney shows that were really popular. Um, you know, yeah. they did like uh, Tailspin and, and um, 
uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, Goof Troop. I mean, there was like a whole Gummy Bears. There was a whole bunch of these shows that they kind of played together mm-hmm. as like a uh, afternoon block when you got home from school. Yeah, it's it just predates me. Uh, Eighty-seven to ninety was the original okay. run. Yeah, that makes sense because I would have been. Yeah, that would have been like my. You know, I would have been the same age as my son is now, uh, so, and he loves the new Ducktales. So, um, and there, it's cool because if you're a fan of all that stuff, and you're a fan of those shows that you you know kind of used to watch, Ducktales does a really awesome job of bringing in. Um, nods to the other shows, even though those shows aren't still around or they're not necessarily rebooting all the shows, they actually bring in references to a lot of those shows. So yeah, it's, it's funny. really if you're a fan of the classic Ducktales, but you can tolerate modern animation humor, then this would be a show that I would definitely recommend checking out. Mm, interesting. Well, I do have some small exposure, uh, which is me and my sister Bethany uh, when we would. Uh, stay the afternoon over at our aunt and uncle's house. Our cousins had a, I want to say it was an SNES. I think it was the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. And there was a Chippendale Rescue Rangers game that was a total knockoff of Super Mario Brothers. But I definitely remember playing that for hours and hours until our aunt was like, time limit, you get one hour, then you're done. And that's my one exposure to Chippendale Rescue Rangers. And that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is going to put the wraps on this episode of the Mouse of Castle podcast. Mr. Aaron Goins, tell the good people uh, where they can find you and maybe even stay in touch with the show. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at AV Goins. Nice, nice, easy. AB Goins, and then uh, sorry, I was I'm no, no, to pull up no, no. You're good, and 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 follow the show too uh, at Mouse and Castle. Uh, if you enjoy the show, you and I are doing the same thing. By the way, we're pulling up the notes at the same like, time. I totally so threw you under the bus. Stuff. I'm like, I don't have it. Oh, Aaron, you tell. No, uh, <laughs> make sure you stay in touch with the show. Uh, you want to make sure you go to Mouse and Castle Podcast.com. That's where you will find all the links to. Uh, all the episodes that we've recorded, especially this episode, you can jump in and uh, get a look at this episode 49. Take a look at the notes, links to all the stories that we talked about will be right there. If you listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, you can just find it right there. All the links to everything we talked about. And we'd appreciate a rating or review. If you enjoy the Mouse and Castle podcast, let the world know. Leave us a rating and review and tell your friends about it. The Mouse and Castle podcast. At Mouse and Castle is the social media handle on Twitter, facebook.com slash mouse and castle you can find us all there all the links in it to everything we talk about though mouse and castle podcast.com that's where you want to go uh mr going any goings any plugs you want to hit me with before we uh, get out of here um you can check out my uh, star wars podcast hey. star wars bookworms is also on all the podcatchers and we just did a review of the latest thrawn novel oh Excellent. There's another one of those? No. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they keep going. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, we'll, we'll check it out. Star Wars Bookworms. You can find it there. And um, uh, you can also check out Star Wars Report uh, if you want to check out. Uh, we just recorded an episode right before we did this um, episode of Mouse and Castle. So jump into whatever podcatcher you use and check out the Star Wars Report podcast. Uh, and you can find me at the Riley Guy. Um, 
on Twitter, on Instagram. That's the best way to stay in touch with me as well. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Mouse Castle Podcast. Episode episode 50 next time. Big milestone. Yeah. Pro- I, I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, yeah, we're probably just record a regular episode. Is probably what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, we got no special plans, but, it, you know, it's a milestone. Exactly. You know, yay us. Uh, well, guys, it's been a pretty Star Wars heavy episode. So, you know what? We'll sign off this way. We'll say, may the force be with you. Until next time, we'll see you on the Mouse and Castle podcast.